Friday, November 23rd. Visited a sick man. Discoursed and prayed with him. Then visited another house, where was one dead and laid out. Looked on the corpse, and longed that my time might come to depart, that I might be with Christ. Then went home to my lodgings, about one o'clock. Felt poorly. But was able to read most of the afternoon. Within the space of the next twelve days he passed under many changes in the frames and exercises of his mind. He had many seasons of the special influences of God's Spirit, animating, invigorating, and comforting him in the ways of God and the duties of religion but had some turns of great dejection and melancholy. He spent much time, within this space, in hard labor, with others, to make for himself a little cottage or hut, to live in by himself through the winter. Yet he frequently preached to the Indians, and speaks of special assistance he had from time to time, in addressing himself to them. And of the sometimes having considerable encouragement, from the attention they gave. But on Tuesday, December 4th, he was sunk into great discouragement, to see most of them going in company to an idolatrous feast and dance, after he had taken abundant pains to dissuade them from these things. Thursday, December 6th having now a happy opportunity of being retired in a house of my own, which I have lately procured and moved into, and considering that it is now a long time since I have been able, either on account of bodily weakness, or for want of retirement, or some other difficulty, to spend any time in secret fasting and prayer. Considering also the greatness of my work, and the extreme difficulties that attend it, and that my poor Indians are now worshipping devils, notwithstanding all the pains I have taken with them, which almost overwhelms my spirit. Moreover, considering my extreme barrenness, spiritual deadness and dejection, of late, as also the power of some particular corruptions, I set apart this day for secret prayer and fasting, to implore the blessing of God on myself, on my poor people, on my friends, and on the Church of God. At first I felt a great backwardness to the duties of the day, on account of the seeming impossibility of performing them. But the Lord helped me to break through this difficulty. God was pleased, by the use of means, to give me some clear conviction of my sinfulness, and a discovery of the plague of my own heart, more affecting than what I have of late had. And especially I saw my sinfulness in this, that when God had withdrawn himself, then, instead of living and dying in pursuit of him, I have been disposed to one of these two things. Either, first, to yield an unbecoming respect to some earthly objects, as if happiness were to be derived from them. Or, secondly, to be secretly forward and impatient, and unsuitably desirous of death, so that I have sometimes thought I could not bear to think my life must be lengthened out. And that which often drove me to this impatient desire of death, was a despair of doing any good in life. And I chose death, rather than a life spent for nothing. But now God made me sensible of my sin in these things, and enabled me to cry to him for forgiveness. Yet this was not all I wanted. For my soul appeared exceedingly polluted, my heart seemed like a nest of vipers, or a cage of unclean and hateful birds and therefore I wanted to be purified by the blood of sprinkling, that cleanseth from all sin. And this, I hope, I was enabled to pray for in faith. I enjoyed much more intenseness, fervency, and spirituality, than I expected. God was better to me than my fears. And towards night I felt my soul rejoice, that God is unchangeably happy and glorious.
that he will be glorified, whatever becomes of his creatures. I was unable to persevere in prayer till some time in the evening. At which time I saw so much need of divine help, in every respect, that I knew not how to leave off, and had forgot that I needed food. This evening I was much assisted in meditating on Isaiah 52:3. For thus saith the Lord, Ye have sold yourselves for naught, etc. Blessed be the Lord for any help in the past day. Friday, December 7th. Spent some time in prayer, in the morning. Enjoyed some freedom and affection in the duty, and had longing desires of being made faithful to the death. Spent a little time in writing on a divine subject then visited the Indians, and preached to them. But under inexpressible dejection. I had no heart to speak to them, and could not do it but as I forced myself I knew they must hate to hear me, as having but just got home from their idolatrous feast and devil worship. In the evening had some freedom in prayer and meditation. Saturday, December 8th. Have been uncommonly free this day from dejection, and from that distressing apprehension, that I could do nothing was enabled to pray and study with some comfort. And especially was assisted in writing on a divine subject in the evening my soul rejoiced in God. And I blessed his name for shining on my soul. Oh the sweet and blessed change I then felt, when God brought me out of darkness into his marvelous light. Lord's Day, December 9th. Breached, both parts of the day, at a place called Greenwich, in New Jersey, about ten miles from my own house. In the first discourse I had scarce any warmth or affectionate longing for souls. In the intermediate season I got alone among the bushes, and cried to God for pardon of my deadness. And was in anguish and bitterness, that I could not address souls with more compassion and tender affection. I judged and condemned myself for want of this divine temper. Though I saw I could not get it as of myself, any more than I could make a world. In the latter exercise, blessed be the Lord, I had some fervency, both in prayer and preaching. And especially in the application of my discourse, I was enabled to address precious souls with affection, concern, tenderness, and importunity. The Spirit of God, I think, was there. As the effects were apparent, tears running down many cheeks. Monday, December 10th. Near noon I preached again God gave me some assistance, and enabled me to be in some degree faithful. So that I had peace in my own soul, and a very comfortable composure, although Israel should not be gathered. Came away from Greenwich, and rode home. Arrived just in the evening. By the way my soul blessed God for his goodness. And I rejoiced, that so much of my work was done, and I so much nearer my blessed reward. Blessed be God for grace to be faithful. Tuesday, December 11th. Felt very poorly in body, being much tired and worn out the last night. Was assisted in some measure in writing on a divine subject but was so feeble and sore in my breast, that I had not much resolution in my work. Oh, how I long for that world where the weary are at rest. And yet through the goodness of God I do not now feel impatient. Wednesday, December 12th was again very weak, but somewhat assisted in secret prayer, and enabled with pleasure and sweetness to cry, Come, Lord Jesus! Come, Lord Jesus! Come quickly! My soul longed for God, for the living God. Oh how delightful it is, to pray under such sweet influences! Oh how much better is this, than one's necessary food! 
I had at this time no disposition to eat, though late in the morning, for earthly food appeared wholly tasteless. Oh how much better is thy love than wine, than the sweetest wine! I visited and preached to the Indians in the afternoon. But under much dejection. Found my interpreter under some concern for his soul. Which was some comfort to me. And yet filled me with new care. I longed greatly for his conversion. Lifted up my heart to God for it, while I was talking to him. Came home, and poured out my soul to God for him enjoyed some freedom in prayer, and was enabled, I think, to leave all with God. Thursday, December 13th. Endeavor to spend the day in fasting and prayer, to implore the divine blessing, more especially on my poor people. And in particular, I sought for converting grace for my interpreter, and three or four more under some concern for their souls. I was much disordered in the morning when I arose. But having determined to spend the day in this manner, I attempted it. Some freedom I had in pleading for these poor concerned souls, several times. And when interceding for them, I enjoyed greater freedom from wandering and distracting thoughts, than in any part of my supplications. But, in the general, I was greatly exercised with wanderings. So that in the evening it seemed as if I had need to pray for nothing so much as for the pardon of sins committed in the day past, and the vileness I then found in myself. The sins I had most sense of, were pride, and wandering thoughts, whereby I mocked God. The former of these cursed iniquities excited me to think of writing, preaching, or converting heathens, or performing some other great work, that my name might live when I should be dead. My soul was in anguish, and ready to drop into despair, to find so much of that cursed temper. With this, and the other evil I labored under, namely wandering thoughts, I was almost overwhelmed, and even ready to give over striving after a spirit of devotion and oftentimes sunk into a considerable degree of despondency, and thought I was more brutish than any man. Yet after all my sorrows, I trust, through grace, this day and the exercises of it have been for my good, and taught me more of my corruption, and weakness without Christ, than I knew before. Friday, December 14th. Near noon went to the Indians. But knew not what to say to them and was ashamed to look them in the face I felt I had no power to address their consciences, and therefore had no boldness to say anything. Was, much of the day, in a great degree of despair about ever doing or seeing any good in the land of the living. He continued under the same dejection the next day. Lord's Day, December 16th. Was so overwhelmed with dejection, that I knew not how to live. I longed for death exceedingly my soul was sunk into deep waters, and the floods were ready to drown me. I was so much oppressed, that my soul was in a kind of horror could not keep my thoughts fixed in prayer, for the space of one minute, without fluttering and distraction. And was exceedingly ashamed that I did not live to God. I had no distressing doubt about my own state, but would have cheerfully ventured as far as I could possibly know into eternity. While I was going to preach to the Indians, my soul was in anguish. I was so overborne with discouragement, that I despaired of doing any good, and was driven to my wit's end. I knew nothing what to say, nor what course to take. But at last I insisted on the evidence we have of the truth of Christianity from the miracles of Christ. Many of which I said before them and God helped me to make a close application to those who refused to believe the truth of what I taught them. 
Indeed I was unable to speak to the consciences of all, in some measure, and was somewhat encouraged to find, that God enabled me to be faithful once more. Then came and preached to another company of them. But was very weary and faint. In the evening I was refreshed, and enabled to pray, and praise God with composure and affection had some enlargement and courage with respect to my work was willing to live, and longed to do more for God than my weak state of body would admit of. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And by His grace, I am willing to spend and be spent in His service, when I am not thus sunk in dejection, and a kind of despair. Monday, December 17th. Was comfortable in mind most of the day. And was enabled to pray with some freedom, cheerfulness, composure, and devotion. Had also some assistance in writing on a divine subject. Tuesday, December 18th. Went to the Indians, and discoursed to them near an hour, without any power to come close to their hearts. But at last I felt some fervency, and God helped me to speak with warmth. My interpreter also was amazingly assisted. And I doubt not but the Spirit of God was upon him. Though I had no reason to think he had any true and saving grace, but was only under conviction of his lost state. And presently upon this most of the grown persons were much affected, and the tears ran down their cheeks. And one old man I suppose, a hundred years old was so affected, that he wept, and seemed convinced of the importance of what I taught them. I stayed with them a considerable time, exhorting and directing them. And came away, lifting up my heart to God in prayer and praise, and encouraged and exhorted my interpreter to strive to enter in at the straight gate. Came home, and spent most of the evening in prayer and thanksgiving and found myself much enlarged and quickened. Was greatly concerned that the Lord's work, which seemed to be begun, might be carried on with power, to the conversion of poor souls, and the glory of divine grace. Wednesday, December 19th. Spent a great part of the day in prayer to God for the outpouring of His Spirit on my poor people. As also to bless His name for awakening my interpreter and some others, and giving us some tokens of His presence yesterday. And, blessed be God, I had much freedom, five or six times in the day, in prayer and praise, and felt a weighty concern upon my spirit for the salvation of those precious souls, and the enlargement of the Redeemer's kingdom among them. My soul hoped in God for some success in my ministry and blessed be His name for so much hope. Thursday, December 20th. Was unable to visit the throne of grace frequently this day and through divine goodness enjoyed much freedom and fervency sundry times was much assisted in crying for mercy for my poor people, and felt cheerfulness and hope in my requests for them. I spent much of the day in writing, but was unable to intermix prayer with my studies. Friday, December 21st, was unable again to pray with freedom, cheerfulness, and hope. God was pleased to make the duty comfortable and pleasant to me, so that I delighted to persevere and repeatedly to engage in it. Towards noon visited my people, and spent the whole time in the way to them in prayer, longing to see the power of God among them, as there appeared something of it the last Tuesday. And I found it sweet to rest and hope in God. Preached to them twice, and at two distinct places had considerable freedom each time, and so had my interpreter. Several of them followed me from one place to the other and I thought there was some divine influence discernible amongst them. In the evening, was assisted in prayer again. Blessed be the Lord.
very much the same things are expressed concerning his inward frame, exercises, and assistances on Saturday, as on the preceding days. He observes, that this was a comfortable week to him. But then concludes, Oh that I had no reason to complain of much barrenness. Oh that there were no vain thoughts and evil affections lodging within me. The Lord knows how I long for that world, where they rest not day nor night, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, etc. On the following Sabbath, he speaks of assistance and freedom in his public work, but is having less of the sensible presence of God, than frequently in the week past. But yet says, his soul was kept from sinking in discouragement. On Monday again he seemed to enjoy very much the same liberty and fervency, through the day, that he enjoyed through the greater part of the preceding week. Tuesday, December 25th. Enjoyed very little quiet sleep last night, by reason of bodily weakness, and the closeness of my studies yesterday. Yet my heart was somewhat lively in prayer and praise. I was delighted with the divine glory and happiness and rejoiced that God was God, and that he was unchangeably possessed of glory and blessedness. Though God held my eyes waking, yet he helped me to improve my time profitably amidst my pains and weakness, in continued meditations on Luke 13:7. Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit, etc. My meditations were sweet. And I wanted to set before sinners their sin and danger. He continued in a very low state, as to his bodily health for some days, which seems to have been a great hindrance to him in his religious exercises and pursuits. But yet he expresses some degree of divine assistance, from day to day, through the remaining part of this week. He preached several times this week to his Indians. And there appeared still some concern amongst them for their souls. On Saturday he rode to the Irish settlement, about fifteen miles from his lodgings, in order to spend the Sabbath there. Lord's Day, December 30th. Discoursed, both parts of the day, from Mark 8:34. Whosoever will come after me, etc. God gave me very great freedom and clearness, and in the afternoon especially considerable warmth and fervency in the evening also had very great clearness while conversing with friends on divine things I do not remember ever to have had more clear apprehensions of religion in my life but found a struggle, in the evening, with spiritual pride. On Monday he preached again in the same place with freedom and fervency, and rode home to his lodging, and arrived in the evening, under a considerable degree of bodily illness, which continued the two next days. And he complains much of spiritual emptiness and barrenness on those days. Thursday, January 3, 1745. Being sensible of the great want of divine influences, and the outpouring of God's Spirit, I spent this day in fasting and prayer to seek so great a mercy for myself, my poor people in particular, and the church of God in general in the morning was very lifeless in prayer, and could get scarce any sense of God. Near noon enjoyed some sweet freedom to pray that the will of God might in every respect become mine. And I am persuaded it was so at that time in some good degree in the afternoon, I was exceeding weak, and could not enjoy much fervency in prayer. But felt a great degree of dejection. Which, I believe, was very much owing to my bodily weakness and disorder. Friday, January 4th. Rode up to the Indians near noon. Spent some time under great disorder my soul was sunk down into deep waters, and I was almost overwhelmed with melancholy. Saturday, January 5th. 
was able to do something at writing. But was much disordered with pain in my head. At night was distressed with the sense of my spiritual pollution, and ten thousand youthful, yea, and childish follies, that nobody but myself had any thought about. All which appeared to me now fresh, and in a lively view, as if committed yesterday, and made my soul ashamed before God, and caused me to hate myself. Lord's Day, January 6th. Was still distressed with vapory disorders. Preached to my poor Indians but had little heart or life. Towards night my soul was pressed under a sense of my unfaithfulness. Oh the joy and peace that arises from a sense of having obtained mercy of God to be faithful. And oh the misery and anguish that spring from an apprehension of the contrary. His dejection continued the two next days. But not to so great a degree on Tuesday, when he enjoyed some freedom and fervency in preaching to the Indians. Wednesday, January 9th in the morning God was pleased to remove that gloom which as of late oppressed my mind, and gave me freedom and sweetness in prayer. I was encouraged, strengthened, and enabled to plead for grace for myself, and mercy for my poor Indians. And was sweetly assisted in my intercessions with God for others. Blessed be His holy name forever and ever. Amen, and Amen. Those things that of late appeared most difficult and almost impossible, now appeared not only possible, but easy. My soul so much delighted to continue instant in prayer, at this blessed season, that I had no desire for my necessary food even dreaded leaving off praying at all, lest I should lose the spirituality, and this blessed thankfulness to God which I then felt. I felt now quite willing to live, and undergo all trials that might remain for me in a world of sorrow but still long for heaven, that I might glorify God in a perfect manner. O come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Spent the day in reading a little. And in some diversions, which I was necessitated to take by reason of much weakness and disorder in the evening enjoyed some freedom and intenseness in prayer. The three remaining days of the week he was very low and feeble in body but nevertheless continued constantly in the same comfortable sweet frame of mind, as is expressed on Wednesday. On the Sabbath this sweetness and spiritual alacrity began to abate. But still he enjoyed some degree of comfort, and had assistance in preaching to the Indians. Monday, January 14th. Spent this day under a great degree of bodily weakness and disorder. And had very little freedom, either in my studies or devotions. And in the evening, I was much dejected and melancholy. It pains and distresses me, that I live so much of my time for nothing. I long to do much in a little time, and if it might be the Lord's will, to finish my work speedily in this tiresome world. I am sure I do not desire to live for anything in this world. And through grace I am not afraid to look the King of Terrors in the face. I know I shall be afraid, if God leaves me and therefore I think it always my duty to lay in for that solemn hour. But for a very considerable time past, my soul has rejoiced to think of death in its nearest approaches. And even when I have been very weak, and seemed nearest eternity, not unto me, not unto me, but to God be the glory. I feel that which convinces me, that if God do not enable me to maintain a holy dependence upon Him, death will easily be a terror to me. But at present, I must say, I long to depart, and to be with Christ, which is the best of all. When I am in a sweet resigned frame of soul, I am willing to tarry a while in the world of sorrow, 
I am willing to be from home as long as God sees fit it should be so. But when I want the influence of this temper, I am then apt to be impatient to be gone. Oh when will the day appear, that I shall be perfect in holiness, and in the enjoyment of God. The next day was spent under a great degree of dejection and melancholy. Which as he himself was persuaded was owing partly to bodily weakness, and vapory disorders. Wednesday and Thursday, January 16th and 17. I spent most of the time in writing on a sweet divine subject, and enjoyed some freedom and assistance. Was likewise enabled to pray more frequently and fervently than usual in my soul, I think, rejoiced in God. Especially on the evening of the last of these days praise then seemed comely, and I delighted to bless the Lord. Oh what reason have I to be thankful, that God ever helps me to labor and study for Him. He does but receive His own, when I am enabled in any measure to praise Him, labor for Him, and live to Him. Oh, how comfortable and sweet it is, to feel the assistance of divine grace in the performance of the duties God has enjoined us. Bless the Lord, O my soul. The same enlargement of heart, and joyful frame of soul, continued through the next day. But on the day following it began to decline. Which decay seems to have continued the whole of the next week yet he enjoyed some seasons of special and sweet assistance. Lord's Day, January 27th. Had the greatest degree of inward anguish that almost ever I endured. I was perfectly overwhelmed, and so confused, that after I began to discourse to the Indians, before I could finish a sentence, sometimes I forgot entirely what I was aiming at. Or if, with much difficulty, I had recollected what I had before designed, still it appeared strange, and like something I had long forgotten, and had now but an imperfect remembrance of. I know it was a degree of distraction, occasioned by vapory disorders, melancholy, spiritual desertion, and some other things that particularly pressed upon me this morning, with an uncommon weight, the principle of which respected my Indians. This distressing gloom never went off the whole day but was so far removed, that I was enabled to speak with some freedom and concern to the Indians, at two of their settlements. And I think there was some appearance of the presence of God with us, some seriousness, and seeming concern among the Indians, at least a few of them. In the evening this gloom continued still, till family prayer, about nine o'clock, and almost through this, until I came near the close, when I was praying as I usually do for the illumination and conversion of my poor people. And then the cloud was scattered, so that I enjoyed sweetness and freedom, and conceived hopes that God designed mercy for some of them. The same I enjoyed afterwards in secret prayer. In which precious duty I had for a considerable time sweetness and freedom, and I hope faith, in praying for myself, my poor Indians, and dear friends and acquaintance in New England, and elsewhere, and for the dear interest of Zion in general. Bless the Lord, O my soul and forget not all his benefits. He spent the rest of this week, or at least the most of it, under dejection and melancholy, which on Friday rose to an extreme height. He being then, as he himself observes, much exercised with vapory disorders, this exceeding gloominess continued on Saturday, till the evening, when he was again relieved in family prayer. And after it was refreshed in secret, and felt willing to live, and endure hardships in the cause of God and found his hopes of the advancement of Christ's kingdom, as also his hopes to see the power of God among the poor Indians, considerably raised. Lord's Day, 
February 3rd in the morning I was somewhat relieved of that gloom and confusion that my mind has of late been greatly exercised with was enabled to pray with some composure and comfort. But, however, went to my Indians trembling. For my soul remembered the wormwood and the gall I might almost say the hell of Friday last. And I was greatly afraid I should be obliged again to drink of the cup of trembling, which was inconceivably more bitter than death, and made me long for the grave more, unspeakably more, than for hid treasures, yea, inconceivably more than the men of this world long for such treasures. But God was pleased to hear my cries, and to afford me great assistance so that I felt peace in my own soul, and was satisfied, that if not one of the Indians should be profited by my preaching, but should all be damned, yet I should be accepted and rewarded as faithful. For I am persuaded God enabled me to be so. Had some good degree of help afterwards, at another place, and much long for the conversion of the poor Indians, was somewhat refreshed, and comfortable, towards night, and in the evening. Oh that my soul might praise the Lord for his goodness. Enjoyed some freedom in the evening, in meditation on Luke 13:24. Strive to enter in at the straight gate, etc. In the three next days he was the subject of much dejection. But the three remaining days of the week seemed to have been spent with much composure and comfort. On the next Sabbath he preached at Greenwich in New Jersey. In the evening he rode eight miles to visit a sick man at the point of death and found him speechless and senseless. Monday, February 11th. About break of day the sick man died. I was affected at the sight spent the morning with the mourners and after prayer, and some discourse with them, I returned to Greenwich, and preached again from Psalm 89:15. Blessed is the people that know, etc. And the Lord gave me assistance. I felt a sweet love to souls, and to the kingdom of Christ and longed that poor sinners might know the joyful sound. Several persons were much affected. And after meeting I was enabled to discourse with freedom and concern, to some persons that applied to me under spiritual trouble. Left the place, sweetly composed, and rode home to my house about eight miles distant. Discoursed to friends, and inculcated divine truths upon some. In the evening was in the most solemn frame that almost I ever remembered to have experienced. I know not that ever death appeared more real to me, or that ever I saw myself in the condition of a dead corpse, laid out, and dressed for a lodging in the silent grave, so evidently as at this time. And yet I felt exceeding comfortably. My mind was composed and calm, and death appeared without a sting. I think I never felt such an universal mortification to all created objects as now. Oh, how great and solemn a thing it appeared to die! Oh, how it lays the greatest honor in the dust! And oh, how vain and trifling did the riches, honors, and pleasures of the world appear! I could not, I dare not, so much as think of any of them. For death, death, solemn though not frightful death appeared at the door. Oh, I could see myself dead, and laid out, and enclosed in my coffin and put down into the cold grave, with the greatest solemnity, but without terror. I spent most of the evening in conversing with a dear Christian friend. And, blessed be God, it was a comfortable evening to us both. What are friends? What are comforts? What are sorrows? What are distresses? The time is short it remains, that they which weep be as though they wept not. And they which rejoice, 
as though they rejoiced not for the fashion of this world passeth away. O come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Amen. Blessed be God for the comforts of the past day. Tuesday, February 12th. Was exceeding weak. But in a sweet, resigned, composed frame, most of the day felt my heart freely go forth after God in prayer. Wednesday, February 13th. Was much exercised with vapory disorders. But still enabled to maintain solemnity, and, I think, spirituality. Thursday, February 14th. Spent the day in writing on a divine subject enjoyed health and freedom in my work. Had a solemn sense of death. As I have indeed had every day this week, in some measure what I felt on Monday last has been abiding, in some considerable degree, ever since. Friday, February 15th. Was engaged in writing again almost the whole day in the evening was much assisted in meditating on that precious text, John 7:37. Jesus stood and cried, etc. I had then a sweet sense of the free grace of the gospel. My soul was encouraged, warmed, and quickened. My desires were drawn out after God in prayer. And my soul was watchful, afraid of losing so sweet a guest as I then entertained. I continued long in prayer and meditation, intermixing one with the other. And was unwilling to be diverted by anything at all from so sweet an exercise. I longed to proclaim the grace I then meditated upon, to the world of sinners. Oh how quick and powerful is the word of the blessed God. The next day he complains of great conflicts with corruption, and much discomposure of mind. Lord's Day, February 17th. Preached to the white people my interpreter being absent in the wilderness upon the sunny side of a hill had a considerable assembly, consisting of people who lived at least many of them not less than 30 miles asunder. Some of them came near 20 miles. I discoursed to them, all day, from John 7:37, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, etc. In the afternoon it pleased God to grant me great freedom and fervency in my discourse. And I was enabled to imitate the example of Christ in the text, who stood and cried. I think I was scarce ever enabled to offer the free grace of God to perishing sinners with more freedom and plainness in my life. And afterwards I was enabled earnestly to invite the children of God to come renewedly, and drink of this fountain of water of life, from whence they hath heretofore derived unspeakable satisfaction. It was a very comfortable time to me. There were many tears in the assembly. And I doubt not but that the Spirit of God was there, convincing poor sinners of their need of Christ in the evening I felt composed, and comfortable, though much tired. I had some sweet sense of the excellency and glory of God. And my soul rejoiced, that he was God over all, blessed forever. But was too much crowded with company and conversation, and longed to be more alone with God. Oh that I could forever bless God for the mercy of this day, who answered me in the joy of my heart. The remainder of this week seems to have been spent under a decay of this life and joy, and in distressing conflicts with corruption but not without some seasons of refreshment and comfort. Lord's Day, February 24th in the morning was much perplexed my interpreter being absent, I knew not how to perform my work among the Indians. However, I rode to them, got a Dutchman to interpret for me, though he was but poorly qualified for the business. Afterwards I came and preached to a few white people from John 6:67. 
Then said Jesus unto the twelve, etc. Here the Lord seemed to unburden me in some measure, especially towards the close of my discourse I felt freedom to open the love of Christ to his own dear disciples. When the rest of the world forsakes him, and are forsaken by him, that he calls them no more, he then turns to his own, and says, Will ye also go away? I had a sense of the free grace of Christ to his own people, in such seasons of general apostasy, and when they themselves in some measure backslide with the world. Oh the free grace of Christ, that he seasonably reminds his people of their danger of backsliding, and invites them to persevere in their adherence to himself. I saw that backsliding souls, who seemed to be about to go away with the world, might return, and welcome, to him immediately. Without anything to recommend them. Notwithstanding all their former backslidings. And thus my discourse was suited to my own soul's case for, of late, I have found a great want of the sense and apprehension of divine grace. And have often been greatly distressed in my own soul, because I did not suitably apprehend this fountain to purge away sin. And to have been too much laboring for spiritual life, peace of conscience, and progressive holiness, in my own strength but now God showed me, in some measure, the arm of all strength, and the fountain of all grace. In the evening I felt solemn, devout, and sweet, resting on free grace for assistance, acceptance, and peace of conscience. Within the space of the next nine days he had frequent refreshing, invigorating influences of God's Spirit. Attended with complaints of dullness, and with longings after spiritual life and holy fervency. Wednesday, March 6th. Spent most of the day in preparing for a journey to New England. Spent some time in prayer, with a special reference to my intended journey. Was afraid I should forsake the fountain of living waters, and attempt to derive satisfaction from broken cisterns, my dear friends and acquaintance, with whom I might meet on my journey. I looked to God to keep me from this vanity, as well as others. Towards night, and in the evening, was visited by some friends, some of whom, I trust, were real Christians, who discovered an affectionate regard to me, and seemed grieved that I was about to leave them. Especially seeing I did not expect to make any considerable stay among them, if I should live to return from New England. Oh how kind has God been to me! How has He raised up friends in every place, where His providence has called me! Friends are a great comfort! And it is God that gives them! It is He makes them friendly to me! Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits! The next day He set out on His journey! And it was about five weeks before He returned! The special design of this journey, he himself declares afterwards, in his diary for March 21st, where, speaking of his conversing with a certain minister in New England, he says, contrive with him how to raise some money among Christian friends, in order to support a colleague with me in the wilderness, I having now spent two years in a very solitary manner, that we might be together. As Christ sent out his disciples two and two and as this was the principal concern I had in view, in taking this journey, so I took pains in it and hope God will succeed it, if for his glory. He first went into various parts of New Jersey, and visited several ministers there then went to New York. And from thence into New England, going to various parts of Connecticut. He then returned into New Jersey. And met a number of ministers at Woodbridge, who, he says, met there to consult about the affairs of Christ's kingdom, in some important articles. 
he seems, for the most part, to have been free from melancholy in this journey. And many times to have had extraordinary assistance in public ministrations, and his preaching sometimes attended with very hopeful appearances of a good effect on the auditory. He also had many seasons of special comfort and spiritual refreshment, in conversation with ministers and other Christian friends, and also in meditation and prayer when alone. Saturday, April 13th. Rode home to my own house at the Forks of Delaware was enabled to remember the goodness of the Lord, who has now preserved me while riding full 600 miles in this journey. Has kept me that none of my bones have been broken. Blessed be the Lord, who has preserved me in this tedious journey, and returned me in safety to my own house. Verily it is God that has upheld me, and guarded my goings. Lord's Day, April 14th was disordered in body with the fatigues of my late journey. But was enabled however to preach to a considerable assembly of white people, gathered from all parts round about, with some freedom, from Ezekiel 33:11. As I live, saith the Lord God, etc. Had much more assistance than I expected. This week he went a journey to Philadelphia, in order to engage the governor there to use his interest with the chief man of the six nations with whom he maintained a strict friendship, that he would give him leave to live at Susquehanna, and instruct the Indians that are within their territories. In his way to and from France, he lodged with Mr. Beatty, a young Presbyterian minister. He speaks of seasons of sweet spiritual refreshment that he enjoyed at his lodgings. Saturday, April 20th. Rode with Mr. Beatty to Abington, to attend M.R. Treat's administration of the sacrament, according to the method of the Church of Scotland. When we arrived, we found Mr. Treat preaching. Afterwards I preached the sermon from Matthew 5-3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, etc. God was pleased to give me great freedom and tenderness, both in prayer and sermon the assembly was sweetly melted, and scores were all in tears. It was, as then I hoped, and was afterwards abundantly satisfied by conversing with them, a word spoken in season to many weary souls. I was extremely tired, and my spirits much exhausted, so that I could scarcely speak aloud. Yet I could not help rejoicing in God. Lord's Day, April 21st in the morning was calm and composed, and had some outgoings of soul after God in secret duties, and longing desires of His presence in the sanctuary and at His table. That His presence might be in the assembly. And that His children might be entertained with a feast of fat things in the forenoon Mr. Tree preached. I felt some affection and tenderness during the administration of the ordinance. Mr. Beatty preached to the multitude abroad, who could not half have crowded into the meeting house. In the season of the communion, I had comfortable and sweet apprehensions of the blissful communion of God's people, when they shall meet at their Father's table in this kingdom, in a state of perfection. In the afternoon I preached abroad, to the whole assembly, from Rev. 14.4. These are they that follow the Lamb etc. God was pleased again to give me very great freedom and clearness, but not so much warmth as before. However, there was a most amazing attention in the whole assembly. And, as I was informed afterwards, this was a sweet season to many. Monday, April 22nd. I enjoyed some sweetness and retirement, in the morning. At 11 o'clock Mr. Beatty preached with freedom and life. Then I preached from John 7.37 in the last day, etc. and concluded the solemnity. Had some freedom. 
but not equal to what I had enjoyed before yet in the prayer the Lord enabled me to cry, I hope, with a childlike temper, with tenderness and brokenness of heart. Came home with Mr. Beatty to his lodgings. And spent the time, while writing, and afterwards, very agreeably on divine things. Tuesday, April 23rd. Left Mr. Beatty's, and returned home to the forks of Delaware enjoyed some sweet meditations on the road and was enabled to lift up my heart to God in prayer and praise. The two next days he speaks of much bodily disorder, but of some degrees of spiritual assistance and freedom. Friday, April 26th. Conversed with a Christian friend with some warmth, and felt a spirit of mortification to the world, in a very great degree. Afterwards was enabled to pray fervently, and to rely on God sweetly, for all things pertaining to life and godliness. Just in the evening was visited by a dear Christian friend, with whom I spent an hour or two in conversation, on the very soul of religion. There are many with whom I can talk about religion. But alas! I find few with whom I can talk religion itself but, blessed be the Lord, there are some that love to feed on the kernel, rather than the shell. The next day he went to the Irish settlement, often before mentioned, about fifteen miles distant, where he spent the Sabbath and preached with some considerable assistance. On Monday he returned, in a very weak state, to his own lodgings. Tuesday, April 30th. Was scarce able to walk about, and was obliged to betake myself to bed much of the day. And spent away the time in a very solitary manner. Being neither able to read, meditate, nor pray, and had none to converse with in that wilderness. Oh, how heavily does time pass away! when I can do nothing to any good purpose, but seem obliged to pass away precious time. But of late, I have seen it my duty to divert myself by all lawful means, that I may be fit, at least some small part of my time, to labor for God. And here is the difference between my present aversions, and those I once pursued, when in a natural state. Then I made a God of diversions, delighted in them with a neglect of God, and drew my highest satisfaction from them now I use them as means to help me in living to God. Fixedly delighting in Him, and not in them, drawing my highest satisfaction from Him. Then they were my all. Now they are only means leading to my all. And those things that are the greatest aversion when pursued with this view, do not tend to hinder but promote my spirituality. And I see now, more than ever, that they are absolutely necessary. Wednesday. May 1st. Was not able to sit up more than half the day. And yet had such recruits of strength sometimes, that I was able to write a little on a divine subject. Was grieved that I could no more live to God in the evening had some sweetness and intenseness in secret prayer. Thursday, May 2nd in the evening, being a little better in health, I walked into the woods, and enjoyed a sweet season of meditation and prayer. My thoughts ran upon Psalm 17:15. I shall be satisfied when I wake with thy likeness. And it was indeed a precious text to me. I longed to preach to the whole world. And it seemed to me, they must needs all be melted in hearing such precious divine truths, as I had then a view and relish of. My thoughts were exceeding clear, and my soul was refreshed. Blessed be the Lord, that in my late and present weakness, now for many days together, my mind is not gloomy, as at some other times. Friday, May 3rd. Felt a little vigor of body and mind in the morning. 
had some freedom, strength, and sweetness in prayer. Rode to, and spent some time with, my Indians in the evening again retiring into the woods, I enjoyed some sweet meditations on Isaiah 53:1. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him, etc. The three next days were spent in much weakness of body but yet he enjoyed some assistance in public and private duties and seems to have remained free from melancholy. Tuesday, May 7th. Spent the day mainly in making preparation for a journey into the wilderness. Was still weak, and concerned how I should perform so difficult a journey. Spent some time in prayer for the divine blessing, direction, and protection in my intended journey. But wanted bodily strength to spend the day in fasting and prayer. The next day he set out on his journey to Susquehanna, with his interpreter. He endured great hardships and fatigues in his way thither through a hideous wilderness. Where after having lodged one night in the open woods, he was overtaken with a northeasterly storm, in which he was almost ready to perish. Having no manner of shelter, and not being able to make a fire in so great a rain, he could have no comfort if he stopped. Therefore he determined to go forward in hopes of meeting with some shelter, without which he thought it impossible to live the night through. But their horses happening to have eat poison for want of other food at a place where they lodged the night before were so sick that they could neither ride nor lead them, but were obliged to drive them and travel on foot. Until, through the mercy of God, just at dusk they came to a bark but, where they lodged that night after he came to Susquehanna, he traveled about a hundred miles on the river, and visited many towns and settlements of the Indians. Saw some of seven or eight distinct tribes and preached to different nations by different interpreters. He was sometimes much discouraged, and sunk in his spirits, through the opposition that appeared in the Indians to Christianity. At other times he was encouraged by the disposition that some of these people manifested to hear, and willingness to be instructed. He here met with some that had formerly been his hearers at Konamik, and had removed hither, who saw and heard him again with great joy. He spent a fortnight among the Indians on this river, and passed through considerable labors and hardships, frequently lodging on the ground, and sometimes in the open air. And at length he fell extremely ill, as he was riding in the wilderness, being seized with an egg, followed with a burning fever, and extreme pains in his head and bowels, attended with a great evacuation of blood. So that he thought he must have perished in the wilderness. But at last coming to an Indian trader's hut, he got leave to stay there. And though without physic or food proper for him, it pleased God, after about a week's distress, to relieve him so far that he was able to ride. He returned homewards from Jinkata, an island far down the river, where was a considerable number of Indians, who appeared more free from prejudices against Christianity, than most of the other Indians. He arrived at the Forks of Delaware on Thursday, May 30th after having rode in this journey about 340 miles. He came home in a very weak state, and under dejection of mind, which was a great hindrance to him in religious exercises. However, on the Sabbath, after having preached to the Indians, he preached to the white people with some success, from Isaiah 53:10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him, etc. Some being awakened by his preaching, the next day he was much exercised for want of spiritual life and fervency. Tuesday, June 4th. Towards evening was in distress for God's presence, 
and a sense of divine things withdrew myself to the woods, and spent near an hour in prayer and meditation. And I think the Lord had compassion on me, and gave me some sense of divine things. Which was indeed refreshing and quickening to me. My soul enjoyed intenseness and freedom in prayer, so that it grieved me to leave the place. Wednesday, June 5th. Felt thirsting desires after God in the morning in the evening enjoyed a precious season of retirement was favored with some clear and sweet meditations upon a sacred text. Divine things open with clearness and certainty, and had a divine stamp upon them. My soul was also enlarged and refreshed in prayer. And I delighted to continue in the duty. And was sweetly assisted in praying for fellow Christians, and my dear brethren in the ministry. Blessed be the dear Lord for such enjoyments. Oh how sweet and precious it is, to have a clear apprehension and tender sense of the mystery of godliness, of true holiness, and likeness to the best of beings. Oh what a blessedness it is, to be as much like God, as it is possible for a creature to be like his great creator. Lord, give me more of thy likeness. I shall be satisfied, when I awake with it. Thursday, June 6th was engaged a considerable part of the day in meditation and study on divine subjects. Enjoyed some special freedom, clearness, and sweetness in meditation. Oh how refreshing it is, to be enabled to improve time well. The next day he went a journey of near 50 miles to Nezhemini, to assist at a sacramental occasion, to he attended at Mr. Beatty's meeting house. Being invited thither by him and his people. Saturday, June 8th was exceeding weak and fatigued with riding in the heat yesterday but being desired, I preached in the afternoon, to a crowded audience, from Isaiah 41. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. God was pleased to give me great freedom, in opening the sorrows of God's people, and in setting before them comforting considerations. And, blessed be the Lord, it was a sweet melting season in the assembly. Lord's Day, June 9th felt some longing desires of the presence of God to be with his people on the solemn occasion of the day in the forenoon Mr. Beatty preached. And there appeared some warmth in the assembly. Afterwards I assisted in the administration of the Lord's Supper and towards the close of it, I discoursed to the multitude extempore, with some reference to that sacred passage, Isaiah 53:10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Here God gave me great assistance in addressing sinners and the word was attended with amazing power. Many scores, if not hundreds, in that great assembly, consisting of three or four thousand, were much affected. So that there was a very great morning, like the morning of Hadad Ruman. In the evening I could hardly look anybody in the face, because of the imperfections I saw in my performances in the day past. Monday, June 10th preached with a good degree of clearness and some sweet warmth, from Psalm 1715. I shall be satisfied, when I awake, with thy likeness. And blessed be God, there was a great solemnity and attention in the assembly, and sweet refreshment among God's people. As was evident then, and afterwards. Tuesday, June 11th. Spent the day mainly in conversation with dear Christian friends. And enjoyed some sweet sense of divine things. Oh how desirable it is, to keep company with God's dear children. These are the excellent ones of the earth in whom, I can truly say, is all my delight. Oh what delight will it afford, to meet them all in a state of perfection. Lord, prepare me for that state.
The next day he left Mr. Beatty's and went to Maidenhead in New Jersey and spent the next seven days in a comfortable state of mind, visiting several ministers in those parts. Tuesday, June 18th. Set out from New Brunswick with the design to visit some Indians at a place called Crosswicksung in New Jersey, towards the sea in the afternoon, came to a place called Cranberry, and meeting with a serious minister, Mr. McKnight, I lodged there with him. Had some enlargement and freedom in prayer with a number of people. Stillwater's Revival Books is now located at PuritanDownloads.com. It's your worldwide online Reformation home for the very best in free and discounted classic and contemporary Puritan and Reformed books, MP3s, and videos. For much more information on the Puritans and Reformers, including the best free and discounted classic and contemporary books, MP3s, digital downloads, and videos, please visit Stillwater's Revival Books at PuritanDownloads.com. Stillwater's Revival Books also publishes the Puritan Hard Drive, the most powerful and practical Christian study tool ever produced. All thanks and glory be to the mercy, grace, and love of the Lord Jesus Christ for this remarkable and wonderful new Christian study tool. The Puritan Hard Drive contains over 12,500 of the best Reformation books, MP3s, and videos ever gathered onto one portable Christian study tool. An extraordinary collection of Puritan, Protestant, Calvinistic, Presbyterian, Covenanter, and Reformed Baptist resources. It's fully upgradable and it's small enough to fit in your pocket. The Puritan hard drive combines an embedded database containing many millions of records with the most amazing and extraordinary custom Christian search and research software ever created. The Puritan hard drive has been produced to assist you in the fascinating and exhilarating spiritual, intellectual, familial, ecclesiastical, and societal adventure that is living the Christian life. It has been specifically designed so that you might more faithfully know, serve, and love the Lord Jesus Christ, as well as to help you to do all you can to bring glory to His great name. If you want to love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, then the Puritan hard drive is for you. Visit PuritanDownloads.com today for much more information on the Puritan hard drive and to take advantage of all the free and discounted Reformation and Puritan books, MP3s, and videos that we offer at Stillwater's Revival Books.